Thank you, Shalise. We love it here. What a beautiful little iPad. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> uh, we love coming here. This is one of my favorite places to come. I love I, I get blessed here. I get challenged. Honestly, every time I come here, you challenge me. You break off poverty spirit. You break off, like, self-pity. You break off, you know, all those mindsets we walk in, and you're just, you infuse people with Christ and with hope and victory. And I just, I'm challenged, honestly, every time I come and hang out with you. And I love being challenged. I love putting myself outside my comfort zone. Let's, I'm going to do a little fun exercise this morning from my message. So if you have a notepad or an iPad or computer, just get that out. Because I'm going to have you like write one or two things down. This is just a fun little thing. So first thing I want you to write is, what is your favorite color and why? This is like just stupid fun. Just, just bear with me. <laughs> What's your favorite color and why? Just write that out. Now I want you to write, what is your favorite animal and why? Just go ahead and look up when you got those done. I don't want to go too fast. You might want to think about it a minute, but it's not hard. Don't worry. There's no wrong answers. The last one is I want you to write down what is your favorite aspect of nature and why. So just to repeat, first one is your favorite color, and then write down why. Why it's your favorite color. What do you love about it? Your favorite animal and why. And then your favorite aspect of nature and why. And I'll tell you what they mean. So you can learn something new about yourself. <laughs> so just when you're done, look up. That's all I know. <laughs> Don't overanalyze it. I got most everybody. You can keep working if you want. So I'm going to tell you what they mean now. Your favorite color is a representation of who you are in Christ. And that's how God sees you. So like for me, I love purple. Because it's royalty. But Jesus sees me as this royal priesthood. as his bride. Maybe you picked white because it's pure. That's how God sees you. You're pure. That's like the core of your identity. Some of you guys are already like, that's awesome. <laughs> your favorite animal is what you love, what you're attracted to in the opposite sex. <laughs> like, not the favorite animal, but the why is what you love about the opposite sex. <laughs> Some of you are laughing now. <laughs> this is the best one. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Anybody want to share? <laughs> What'd you get, Chris? <laughs> and why? <laughs> why? What did you? <laughs> but why? Why do it? Because women are strong, and the enemy only attacks us when we're scared and anxious. Come on. Somebody loves about women. Who else? See, at first you're like, oh, I'm offended, an elephant. <laughs> but then, you get, that's why the why is important. <laughs> you don't want to forget that part. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? Yeah. Wow, a horse, because of the momentum and strength when it's running. That's what she loves about men. Yes. A deer because it's graceful. Beautiful. Isn't this, that, is it like that also a reflection of, you know, if you're married, your spouse? So take that as a compliment. That's the strength in your, in your partner. Okay, your favorite aspect of nature is how you see God. That's who God is to you. The mountains, why? So you love the strength, the grandeur, and the beauty of God. And that's how you connect to God. And it's powerful. That's how you see God. Who else? So God makes you feel free and refreshed. That's how you connect to God. How about you? The rain is cleansing and peaceful. So God is cleansing and peaceful to you. And the smell, yeah. Why? So peaceful. And the beauty, the peace and the beauty of God. And the fragrance of God, the fragrance of Christ. Yeah. Wow. So limitless God, and he restores your soul like the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. Streams because they're calm. So God is like a calming place for you. Like he's your security and your anchor. Right? I can see that all over you. There's this, like the Lord God is your anchor and your strength and your place of, of rest and peace and calm. Come on. You're learning stuff about yourself today. What'd you get, Chris? Oh, he gets to cozy up with God. <laughs> He's like a big teddy bear to you. Because you're like a big teddy bear. And that's who Papa God is to you. <laughs> Papa God is a big teddy bear to Chris. <laughs> I'm going to prophesy. Who else? Raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, Kim. Stillness and the peace that comes from looking up through the trees at the stars. The sun in the sky. Wow. Whew. The stillness and the peace of looking up through the branches at the sun in the sky. There's like, there's more to that. <laughs> That's deep. You want to know what I wrote the first time I did this? About God? I didn't know it was about God, but I said, I love waterfalls because... Here's why. You can stand at the top and look out at the beauty of creation or stand underneath and be engulfed by it. 
So I love to stand and look at the beauty of God and what he's created and look at his works and to stand in his presence and be engulfed by it like a waterfall. Just love it. Just love it. Awesome. Awesome. Who's here uh, for the first time today? I think they already asked, but just raise your hand if you haven't been here this weekend. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, I want to do a few call-outs. I feel like there's a prophetic spirit in the room here. And um, my lovely intern's going to join me. So they get ready. <laughs> She's going to help me. She's got my lovely baby. This is baby Hannah. This is my daughter. And this is my wonderful assistant, Hannah. They're both named Hannah, not to confuse you. <laughs> She's asleep. She is an amazing, amazing intern. And she is so anointed with babies. I love it. So, she's already got some stuff. Okay, go. You're going to go first. <laughs> Do you need a mic? Do we have a mic? Yes? Okay. So, let's see. Um, there you are. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, I saw uh, the father, like, what I saw was a picture. Oops, she's awake. Yep. You can stand, stand up, up, Brandon. Stand up. And Kim, if you want to stand up too, it'd be awesome. She's awake. We love my loud booming voice. Um, yeah, aren't they awesome? You guys are so lucky, so blessed. I got to hang out with them, and they're already like brother and sister to me. It's so funny. Um, but I saw you uh, opening your doors just all the time, opening your doors constantly to your home. And I and it's not that's not prophetic because I know that. Like I heard, I already know that. But I saw that before you had mentioned it. But I also saw this place is you're coming into a season where you've got to trust other people to be just as good as you are. To be, you've got to like say no so other people can open their doors, because you have you you have this abundance of joy to just open your home. You're like ah, it's okay. We have room on the floor. We have room. Like it's it's all right. Like, we've got room. But if you don't start saying no, then you don't give anyone else a chance to say yes. And the Lord says, I'm starting to give you the power to say no, so that you can start mentoring people to say yes. And you're gonna start being able to trust people to say yes. And it's gonna be peaceful for you and not this stressful thing like. I can't believe no one's doing this. Like, why isn't anyone stepping up to the plate? Like, what the heck? Like, the Lord's going to start being able to, you're going to be able to pull out and pick out people saying, you know, you know, have you ever thought about taking someone in? And you're going to be able to pull that out in people. So I just wanted to share that with you so you can be able to be comforted being able to say no. So, and then with Kim, it's so funny that you said about the trees because literally word for word, I said, uh, I saw that, I saw you playing poker and, uh, <laughs> and you had like all these people around you that like were totally terrible at poker. Like they, Everyone else is like, they're so good at poker. Like, no one can beat them. No one can, like, call, like, no one, no one can beat them. And you sat down at the table and you're like, got your poker face on and just going to town. And, like, everyone's like, nah, Kim, you're not going to beat them. But you're able to see people's bluff. Where everyone else is like, ah, no, they're, they're doing great. They have an amazing life. You're like, nah, something's not right there. Something's not right. And God's going to start giving you the confidence and the power to start being, speak up and say, you know, I don't believe you. I, I feel like something's wrong there. Like, are you, are you lying to me? Like, this isn't true. Like, you're, you're, you've got a bluff going on. And you're, you were able to, like, beat everyone's boat, butt in poker because you're able to call their bluff. And so I saw also, I saw, like, with the, with the trees, <laughs> like, and it's, it's because you have the confidence to be able to call it out. You're not afraid to call it out. And I also saw, um, like, people were wearing these, like, ridiculously horrid-looking outfits. Like, they thought they looked amazing. And you were like, do you see what you're wearing? Like, come on now. Like, 
you look ridiculous. Like, and everyone else is like, oh, your outfit's so cute. And Kim's like, no, it looks hideous. Like, take it off. Like, like, go get something else. And it was because so many people are like trying to like just like love them in. And, but you love them in a different way, like by calling them out, by being like, no, come on now. Seriously, I know who you are. That's not, that's not you. Take that off. And, um, with the tree, I literally saw you looking up in the trees and it wasn't like you were overwhelmed because you couldn't find the sun. You were more taking in the beauty because you saw like the beauty through the trees. And it wasn't like you were blinded by the trees or the trees were overwhelming you or the things that like were like covering the sky was overwhelming you. You were like, I can embrace this. So that was ironic that you, well, not ironic, but that you said that because it was like, I looked over at Fran. I was like, what the heck? I just, I just wrote that down. So, um, yeah, that's what I had for you guys. So. Let me share a word, too, before you go to the next one. I do. Um, you guys have such an anointing for family, and you know this already. Brandon, you have such a father's heart. There's an adoptive spirit over you, too, and it's going to be over your family. And you stepping into this role of mother and father with the baby that's coming is going to be a major shift in, in your life, but it's going to be just a manifestation of what you've always carried in your heart because you've always had the spirit of, of fathering and the spirit of mothering in your hearts. And this is a manifestation of a dream come true. And it's an adoptive spirit over your life that you're called to be ones that adopt sons and daughters into your arms. And you've already done it. You've taken in people. You've taken in spiritual kids. And you're going to continue to do it. And, I, and, and there could even be, you know, real adoptions in your future. So there's this anointing over your life for that. And, and it's a strength. Brandon, you're a strength to your wife. You're a strength to your family. And this is, this is a huge calling that you walk in. And don't ever look down on it. Don't ever belittle it because you are an example to men in the body of Christ of what a true father and a true husband can be. And so I just release that over you. I mean, I feel like you already know this. Like you're already walking in it. I'm just confirming it and calling it out because the church is going to look to you and see that and, and honor you for that. And it's such a strength in your heart. You got something, Shalise? <laughs> Because there's another piece of this that has to do with adopting up. So not all, only are you a father and is there an adoptive spirit on your life um, to adopt children, but you've adopted me. And you, you are also a revelation of sonship and what it means to walk as a son and what it means to walk as a daughter. Um, because you have done it exemplary. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous how well you do it, how much you've embraced it, and how it's just easy for you. And, I mean, so the family thing that's on you is generational, and it goes up, and it goes down. And there's assignments both ways. Um, and I just wanted to share that piece of that that's because awesome. it's huge. That's because that, that means you can reproduce. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Amen. And, Kim, there is an anointing on you for mothering. But it's not in like the, the way that you may have seen other women do it. It's in your own way. And I see the Lord bringing you into an encounter with him, with this baby, that you're going to be, you're going to be empowered in a whole new way in who you are, that you're going to step into this thing where you're like, wow, I can do this. I love this. Where you, at first you were scared of it. He's going to put you in this place of power and authority where you can speak into people's lives. And this is like a prophetic thing for you where I just see you Stepping into this, it's, it, this birth is going to be an empowerment for you in who you truly are. And like she was saying, like you can call people out on their bluffs. Like you have this thing about you that you love them, and you also like rebuke them, but they walk away feeling like 
so loved and connected. Like, you don't let them go. Like, you're like, I'm going to tell you what, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, but you don't let go and leave them to themselves. You, you hold their hand and walk with them. And so there's this beautiful anointing on both of you to walk out family and to walk out connection and love and honor. And so I just bless you guys because you're stepping into a whole new season. It's only going to magnify with your own child. You're going to get a whole new revelation of it. So bless you. And I guess this kind of is important. I just was reading this on my notes. That's why I write things down. Um, it said, and I see stability in your career and your inconsistency in your job. Um, and I feel like it's I was, it's funny because someone, someone left, I gave them a word, and I had written this down uh, last a lot of last night, and it was, uh, I don't remember his name, he plays drums. But he, um, I gave a word to him, and I said, you open doors for jobs, and he started laughing. And I, I, and I said, uh, he said, I just talked to Brandon, and I, and I was like, no, and I just saw the consistency in jobs. So I just want to confirm that, that that goes hand in hand, that there's going to be consistency there, and there's going to be abundance there. So just con- confirmation for you, I guess, so. Oh, you, Chris, Chris, Chris. Um, I saw you uh, writing a lot, but it wasn't writing Christ- like Christian worship music. It was writing like more of a secular kind of sound, and it was um, it was not so much. It was your story, but it was much more than your story. It was way much more than your story, and it was like you were able to sit down with people and say, "All right, you've got a song, and I want to write it down, and I want to get it down. I want to get this down on paper because it's got impact." So. I felt like you pulling out this, like, this bringing forth this new sound in secular music and this more impact in secular music. So I felt like I saw you, like, trying to write down these worship songs and trying to write these amazing worship songs. But the Lord's like, just, just go with your heart because it's more of in the secular sound. Stop pushing and trying and just go where your heart is, which is in the secular music. So, yeah. <laughs> Come on, give her a hand. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> probably turn this off. Um, I have a word for the man in the in the back. You your the glasses and yeah, you go ahead and stand up. What's your name? James. Okay, I just saw you back there and I feel like the Lord is you're at the cusp of a breakthrough. You're standing at the threshold and you felt really beat up in this last season of your life, maybe even for years. You felt like there's a lot of warfare, there's a lot of darkness, there's it's just been hard. And I see you standing literally at the threshold of a new season in your life. And and it's not something that you have to push for. It's not something you have to fight for. It's not something you have to battle for. The Lord says it's as easy as taking one step forward through the door. Taking one step forward. And in this new room, it is bright. It is clear. I see the Lord bringing clarity to things in your life because you've had a lot of questions. You've had a lot of whys that you've been asking the Lord of. You've had a lot of things you've been working through in your heart, like Jacob and the angels struggling together. And the Lord says, it's okay, my son. You can just rest. I see you resting your head on his shoulder, and the wise drift away. And the questions aren't important anymore because you connect again to Papa God. And he holds you, and the love that you receive from him in that, in that place, in that encounter, takes away the pain and the bitterness and the confusion of life and the wise that you've had in your heart. And so... So the Lord would say to you, don't, don't focus on the questions. Focus on the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is in him. And when you lean your head on him, he gives you everything you need. He, the love comes in. The fear goes out. So I just release that to you because there's an encounter waiting for you in this room. There's clarity. There's destiny. There's purpose. There's hope. 
And so I just bless you at the threshold of it because just step in, my son. Amen. Thank you. Um, the man in the blue right here. Yes, you. Go ahead and stand up. Um, you've been given, a, you have a really tender heart. What's your name? Say it again. Clint. Do you have any kids? No kids. Okay. You, you have a father's heart. You have um, an anointing in that area. And I just see such a tenderness in your heart that the Lord has softened your heart and that you are just a man who appreciates the tender things in life. And your heart is soft to the Lord as well. And he so loves this about you. He loves how you haven't hardened your heart over the years. But I just see this thing inside of you that breaks for him, that breaks at his presence and in his it, when you spend time with the Lord. And the Lord just wants to, to honor that in you. And I believe that, that the Lord is sending you people that you're going to, your heart is going to be stretched even further to open up. And he's going to challenge you to open your heart up and receive more sons and daughters. And even though you may not have them in the natural, your heart is primed and ready to father sons and daughters. And there's an anointing on your life for this. Um, I just see him fulfilling desires in your heart that, that seem impossible in the natural. That you feel like, you know, I'm past my time in this. But the Lord says, you're not too old. You're not past your time. And there's going to be a, a supernatural fulfillment over your life of things that you dismissed and said, okay, this is just not possible for this to still happen in my life. And the Lord says, why would you don't ever put a limit on me? I see there, there are sons, and I feel like I don't know if that's with the, the air in the area of having sons and daughters, having your own children. But I feel like the Lord has a promise that he has yet to fulfill in that area for you because you are a father. That's who you are. And there's going to be sons and daughters. I don't even, I'm not sure how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it supernaturally because you are a father. And every father, fathers, and there's sons and daughters that are coming to you that the Lord is going to give you. more than Even more than just spiritual sons and daughters. There's real sons and daughters that are coming into your life that you're, that, that you're going to fulfill a need in their heart. They're going to fulfill... An, an, a need in your heart and a longing and together you're going to become closer to God in that area and there's such a mantle on your head um, I just see like light and there's there's like this anointing over your head and it's to speak prophetically speak out the destiny in people's life and so he's going to clarify your voice, he's going to make your voice strong even though it's not loud in the natural he's going to make your words affect things and change things in the natural it's, it's powerful the words that you carry to speak over and into people's lives and into their hearts. It goes right to their heart because you carry the heart of God. So, bless you. Can you stand up in the front row? Yep. What's your name? Chanel. That's beautiful. Well, do you have um, an, a background, like an Indian background or ethnicity? Your name is Indian. Okay, do you have, like, Native American in your family? Okay. I feel like there's an there's something to that. There's an anointing of, like, first nation, first people, tribes. And I see it's like the, the, the celebration that they carry, the dance. You know, I see, like, the drum circles and the dance around the fire, and there's this warrior spirit in you, just like the Native Americans. I just see you stomping and dancing around the fire, and you've got your instruments. And it's like you have, there's a warrior spirit in you to break down the walls of the enemy, shoo, and there's, there's walls in people's lives where the Lord is going to send you 
and even in your own life, you, your praise tears down the gates of the enemy. Your praise tears down well, the lies of the enemy and the warfare. And in your praise is power. In your praise is authority. And I just I see you dancing and stomping on the gates of the enemy. Whoa! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> and you're a princess too. You're like a warrior princess, like Pocahontas. I see the little princess stand. You're like daddy's little girl princess. You're like warrior spirit and princess. So you can dance in warfare, and then you can go, okay, daddy, I'm just gonna sit with you now. <laughs> I'm just gonna be your little girl. I'm gonna be your princess. And he's like, let me dance with you. And you guys do a little dance. <laughs> so your feet are anointed. Your warfare is anointed. Your praise is anointed. And your daddy's little girl. Amen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you guys are standing out to me. Your whole, can you three just stand up? Your family. There's something on you guys. Um, whoa. I just want to bless that. I just see the favor of the Lord over you. I see uh, financial struggles in the past. The Lord is breaking you through. And there's, there's serious breakthrough whew, in that area. And it's been a disappointment. And the Lord is saying, you felt discouraged. You felt beat up. You felt like a failure. You felt like, I don't know what to do. Whoa. Lord says, there's breakthrough. There's breakthrough. And he says, my son has called you. Well, to disciple nations, I've called you to greatness. And I break off every every agreement of failure now. In Jesus' name, well, I break it off. And I just release the spirit of adoption over you. I break off performance and failure. The words that have been spoken against you, it's not going to work. It's going to fail those people who, who you've listened to, you've allowed their voice to ring in your head. I cancel those voices now that didn't believe in you. Because Papa says, I believe in you, my son. I believe in you. I believe in you. I'm the only voice that matters. And I just see hope being restored. Whoa, hope being restored now in Jesus' name. I see open doors. I see favor. I see there's like a door open waiting for you. And on the other side, it's green. And it's like this beautiful pasture. And even though the door isn't huge, it's meant for you. The Lord is going to highlight it to you. And he says, you're not going to miss it this time. You're not going to have to worry about missing your opportunity because this one is for you. And you're going to walk through it. And you're going to see the goodness of God. You're going to see the prosperity of God. I just see there's no limit to, to what you can accomplish as you go through this door. And what you see on the outside, there's inspiration. I just break off discouragement that would prevent you from seeing the inspiration and the creative ideas that God has put in your heart. Because there's creative ideas, there's inventions, there's, there's business plans, there's ideas. There, I even see like a shift in your occupation. There's a shift coming, and where you've been toiling is not going to be where you continue to toil. There's a shift, and you're going to go in a whole new direction, a whole new profession that, that is something new and different. And it's even something that's, that you've dreamed of in the past as a child. It's something you've thought about but never took seriously, and the Lord's going to open up a door in that area for you. Whoa. And so I release just the favor of God and the confidence of God in your life to step boldly. And it's not its not that it will be necessarily like instant, easy, you know, perfect. theres It's not that it's without trial and tribulation, but, but the Lord is giving you the perseverance now, and I just ask God that you download to them right now the perseverance to believe for, even though it doesn't look so in the natural. Whoa. And I just release that heart of God over you, that you have such 
perseverance and faith, and you have so believed and hoped, and any discouragement, the, the things that have not manifested, the hope deferred, I break that off now in Jesus' name, and I see such a spirit of celebration over you. There's a praise over you. There's a peace over you that says, I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I believe you, God, for your breakthrough. I believe you, God, that what you're doing in my husband is is coming to fruition. And, and though you don't see something on the outside, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And he's going to give you dreams in the night. I see you dreaming at night. And he'll even give you clues to this puzzle. He'll give you clues and you'll wake up and go, honey, this is what the Lord showed me in a dream. I feel like we need to do this. I feel like we need to sow here. He's going to challenge you to sow. And it's going to be like, I don't know if we can do this, but we got to do this. We got to, this is what the Lord showed me. And you're going to be radical, generous sowers in the kingdom. Radical generosity. You're going to break poverty over other people's lives. You have an anointing to break the spirit of poverty. And you're going to do it in, 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 in being poor and in being wealthy. Because there's wealth in your future. There's wealth, wealth, wealth. Whoa. <laughs> and I'd like you to raise your hands towards this family. And I want you to just, right now, we're just going to give a yes and amen for this family. And say, we stand behind you. We stand behind what you carry. We believe you. We do not think you're crazy. <laughs> we laugh at that accusation. Whoa, in Jesus' name. You are sane. You are sane, and you are people of great faith. You are people of yes, great faith, yes, and we believe yes. in what you're carrying. We believe in the visions. Yes. We believe in the dreams, yes. and we say yes and amen, and we just come we come beside you. Yes. We come beside you. This family, different people have assignments to come beside you. Some yes. of them have already done it. Some yes. more are coming. More are going to come yes. beside you. The body of Christ is going to come beside you because you are not alone. Yes. I break that lie yes. off too in Jesus' name. I break it off. And I declare that you are in position in a family. You are positioned with the right people to support you and hold up your hands. You have Moses and Ur and, and Aaron's and, and you and, and hers. Right now, hold them up. Hold them up, you guys. Hold up her hands. Right now, we just hold up this family's hands and we say yes and amen. And that when they are weak, the body comes right along, right at the right moment. We just release that. We release that discernment over this body in Jesus' name to be a help meet and to be a family to this family. <laughs> yes, God. We say yes and amen. And I just see that your feet, you guys, your feet are on fire. I mean, you have these fire feet that have been designed to set stuff on fire They've been designed to just run so fast, to go so fast. And yeah, it's turbulent because you're going so fast. You're going so quickly. It's just been so turbulent. But he said, I designed you for speed. I designed you for this assignment. So don't believe any of those lies. Don't take authority over those voices. It's been nothing but a, an attack. It's been a season like Luke 4 where the enemy has come. Did God really say? Did God really say? Are you really that daughter? Are you really that son? It's just been a test. He says it's only a test. This is only a test. Like of the broadcasting network. This is just a test. This is just a test. Stand firm. Stand firm in what I've spoken. Stand firm in what I've, I've told you. And you will stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Come on. Come on. Amen. So say yes and amen all together. One, two, three. Yes and amen. amen. All right, before you guys sit down, 
I want to do a prophetic act right now. The Lord is, I want to do a prophetic act to confirm this. Um, and please get in my backpack right now. I want to sow into this family. I'm just going to, if that's on your heart, whoever's finding my backpack, I'm just going to throw money at their feet. <laughs> because they are so, this is their season of breakthrough. And I want us to sow into breakthrough. I want us to sow into someone else's breakthrough. Whoa. Thank you, God. We agree with the spirit on their life. We agree with the words that you spoke today, God. We agree with what you said over them. <laughs> it's in the spirit. And it's like, this is a prophetic act. Yeah, that's mine. Come on. Not, do not miss this opportunity. This is a poverty spirit that these guys have been assigned Thank to break you. the back of. So do not miss this opportunity. Again, it's not the amount. There is a great call of wealth on this house. There is a great call of wealth on this family. So step in right now to this breakthrough. Step into this breakthrough. Ha 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 Yes, Jesus. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, just so into it. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, I, was, I, was, I wanted to give him money, but I didn't have my backpack. <laughs> more, 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 more. Whoa. Thank you, God. Come on. <laughs> Whoa. I love being a part of someone's breakthrough. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So there's more, there's more. <laughs> Just throw it at their feet. Just throw it at their feet. Just the last one. Just the last one. Come on. Give the Lord a thanks. Just thank him. Whoa. <laughs> thank, thank, thank the Lord. Amen. <laughs> you be blessed. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Amen. Whoa. <laughs> Yes, Lord. Woo! There, there is such an anointing on this house for the spirit of generosity. Whoa, for breaking the poverty spirit. If you haven't picked up on that yet, just link arms with Prayer Mountain. Just get in, get, like, rub shoulders with them, and poverty just falls off your life. I'm serious. Shalisa is an anointing for, for prosperity. She's an anointing to break the yoke of poverty. And if you have that, if you've struggled with that, I challenge you to just rub shoulders with this ministry, to get involved, to sow into them, to sow into breakthrough. <laughs> it's good. She challenges me. I love it here. There's there's such an anointing on this house. Well, I'm going to totally shift gears here and talk about birth this morning. <laughs> this is this is a good day. <laughs> if I go over and you need to leave, you are free to leave. But God is up to something here, so I'm just going to roll with it. And whenever you need to go, you are free to go if you get done before I do, okay? <laughs> so a little bit about me. Um, my husband and I traveled. We're in ministry. 
I, I didn't even mention this week that we're doing a supernatural Bible school. Has anyone heard of it? Supernatural yeah. Bible school. You people, Fran, where's Fran? She's our student, woo, representing. <laughs> Do you want to share, Fran, about how it has impacted you? We've, we've, um, she's been in first semester. This is our first year of doing a Supernatural Bible School. It's an online school. It's once a week. Very practical, very easy to do. It's not like you have to move to where we live and uproot everything. It is one night a week. We send you a link to a teaching through your email. And it is very affordable, like two, three hundred dollars per semester. Uh, and she has been a student. So go ahead and share in just a few minutes what you've gotten out of it. <laughs> um, man, I love that school. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten more of an identity there. Like there's been a lot of stuff that I've already known. I've, I've sat under a lot of teachings, but it's really solidified just an upgrade in my season of just knowing who I am and like that glory teaching you did on the Friday night. When I first heard that, I was in my office cube just freaking out. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so I have one boss right here and the other boss right here. And I'm just like about to just go crazy in the spirit. And like, I just, I've gotten more of a revelation of what I'm called to do, just more of a confidence in that and just realizing, yeah, I have glory that only I carry. And if I don't manifest it, the world's not going Ooh. to see it. Amen. And so it's really just like pushed me and stretched me into just believing in what I'm called to and trusting the Lord and what he's told me. And he's giving me more confirmation and where I'm supposed to go. Awesome. So I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, they are amazing. I got Karen three weeks in a row in that school, and I was so surprised and so happy. So if you are looking to be stretched, to see the spirit more, just know more about yourself and what you're called to do, I would highly recommend that school. Cool. Thank you, Fran. Great little promo. I'm just going to write down the address. That if you, I forgot the brochures, um, but if you go online to uh, www.weltonacademy.com, you can sign up for second semester. I think that's how you spell academy. I'm a terrible speller here. <laughs> Weltonacademy.com. Um, first semester, or it ends in December. Second semester starts in January. And my husband is doing a Bible teaching. He's going through the whole Bible with a new covenant kingdom perspective. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited because I didn't grow up in the church. I mean, I didn't hear all the, like, I, I know the little Bible stories, but I have no idea how it all fits together. So he's going to go through the Bible with a new covenant, kingdom perspective, a supernatural perspective. And he's such an anointed teacher. So I am really excited to learn because I never got that growing up. So if you're, if that's a desire in your heart, just check it out. It's online. It's really, really practical. We have 300 students this year, over 300 students this year. Very first year we're doing it. Next year my husband's believing for 3,000. So... I'm like right behind him. Okay, honey, you go for it, <laughs> according to your faith. But it's been such a blessing. It's, it's allowed us to even um, come off the road more, like be a family, spend time, uh, plant roots in our community, and still reach the nations. And, and we've got Facebook groups. You connect. You can connect to other students. Okay, enough about that. Let's move on. <laughs> it's good. So I just wanted to, to plug that and let you know what we're doing. Um, I I love coming here. I love traveling. There's so much about me I want to share with you guys and, and what the Lord has showed me specifically about birth. Um, I had a supernatural childbirth with my daughter. 
in March. She's seven months old. And what I mean by that, some people are like, what do you mean supernatural childbirth? I mean I didn't experience pain the way that most women do. I, well, I just didn't experience pain during the contractions. And um, I fell so much in love with birth and with women and with this process of bringing life into the world that I even became a doula. For those of you who don't know what a doula is, it's basically a labor coach. So I get to come alongside women in labor and encourage them and support them and tell them you can do it and really be right there eye to eye with them in like their hardest moment. So I'm going to share with you my story of how this came about. And I'm really excited. I just get excited about birth. It's there's so much involved here, and, and even what the Lord is speaking to me about today is the power of connection, the power of, our con of connection with other people, of connection with our children, connection with our spouses, our parents. The Lord showed me how to connect with my unborn child while she was in the womb. He showed me how to connect and open up my heart to her, and actually began before I even got pregnant. I went to Thailand, and I go to Thailand every year to a village where there's uh, children who either are orphans or don't have strong family families. They come to a hostel where the, um, the overseers are Christians, and in this village in the mountains of Thailand, like way out in the bush in the mountains, they, these kids experience the glory of heaven. And they've had revival spreading through these villages for the last 10 years or so. And the kids in meetings and services just get taken up to heaven. They just, they just go, because <laughs> the spirit realm is so close there. And um, the Thai culture is, is unique in that they, you don't have to go there and you know, convince them that the supernatural is real, because every Thai believes in demons. They're Buddhist, and they know what demons are. They, they experience the supernatural, whether they're Christian or Buddhist, and they just believe in a supernatural realm. And so when they become Christians, they then get to know God, and they get to go to heaven and experience Daddy God in that new way. And there's a lot of warfare that happens because the demons that have been a part of their lives are tr trying to scare them, and there's, there's a struggle there, and you have to teach them who they are in Christ. But there's such an anointing for heavenly encounters in this place. And so I love going there and just receive, honestly, I receive when I go there. And we go there and pour out love because these kids come from fatherless homes very often. And there's such a spirit of, an orphan spirit over this over that country that the children grow up in families where the, the father is very harsh, uh, very distant. Oftentimes the fathers will leave the villages and go work in the cities or the fathers will have many mistresses and many families. And there's such a broken, a brokenness in the family structure. And I think that's kind of prevalent in most Asian cultures, unfortunately, but especially in Thailand. And as I was there, the Lord really connected my heart to this little Thai girl. And I don't know if any of you have gone on missions before and felt that connection with, with a little kid or someone there, but he just opened my heart, and there was this connection. It actually began one year on a missions trip where she prayed for me to receive this, this, the Holy Spirit and for the anointing to go to heaven. And then I had to leave really quick to go back home and, and catch my flight. And I literally had to like rip her hands off of my hands because she was praying so furiously and she would not let go. This little like 
think she was 11 years old at that point. She was just praying in Thai. And I just was, I was out, I'm telling you, I was out in the spirit. And they pray, they teach these kids, you pray until something happens. So she is praying furiously. And I, and my team, I see them leaving because we gotta go catch our, our bus. And I'm like, I gotta go. But I'm like about to have this heavenly encounter. <laughs> but I gotta go. <laughs> I'm gonna miss my flight home. And you don't wanna miss that. And so I, I'm like, I, I'm so sorry. Thank you. I have to leave. But she doesn't understand English. And so I'm like, she doesn't understand. She's still praying. Okay. Um, and I literally pry her fingers off my hands. And I say, thank you so much. But I have to run. And I, I jet off and leave. And she deposited something in me, so much so that when I came back a year later, uh, I met this little girl, and I thought, wow, there's some connection here. And I, when I looked, I, I opened up my computer, looked at my pictures from the year before, and realized it was the same girl of this encounter that she prayed for me. And I told her this. I said, do you remember me from a year ago? Do you remember that you prayed for me? And she said, I, I don't know, you know, through an interpreter. And I said, I had to pry your fingers off my hands. She's, oh, I remember. And she gives me a huge hug and starts crying. And I said, I, I'm so happy to meet you again. I looked for you after the service, but I couldn't find you. She says, I prayed I would meet someone from that trip again. I prayed I would meet one of the team members again. And the Lord put such an anointing on this that, that I asked her, would you like to be my Thai daughter? Can I adopt you in the spirit? Would you like to be my daughter? I don't have any kids, but I would love to be your, your little American mommy. <laughs> and she's crying and weeping. She says, yes, and I'm hugging her. And there's this connection in the spirit that, gets, that, that, that just opens. And then I remember feeling this fear come over me, like, God, what if I can't love her the way that she needs? What if I let her down? What if I don't have what she needs? What if I don't have what it takes and I disappoint her? And I, because it was so intense of a love that I was encountering, it was such a revelation of the Father's heart of God that I, I got scared because my heart had never been opened that big before. My heart, I never experienced that kind of love for a little girl. And the Lord said to me, do you choose love or fear? You get the choice. Are you going to choose fear or love? I said, God, I choose love. It's scary, and I've never opened my heart this way before, but I choose your love, and I choose to open up my heart to her and not close it in fear and not close it because I'm afraid I'll do something wrong or that I'll fail her or she'll fail me. But I choose your love, even though it's scary, and I've never been this deep in your heart before. But I open my heart. I choose. It's a choice, and I choose to open my heart to love. And I could literally, like... In the spirit, feel my heart open wider for her. So the Lord taught me in Thailand how to open my heart to love. I didn't know how. We have to learn to love sometimes because we close our hearts just through life, through what we're comfortable with. And the Lord will put you in a situation where he's going to challenge you to choose love over fear. And so he taught me love in Thailand. And she then... My husband and I, a year later, were, um, we wanted to have our own child, actually. You know, I said, I, I would love to have kids. And the whole village started praying for me to get pregnant. <laughs> she was praying, and she would write me letters. You know, Mommy, I, I love you, and I want to come visit you, and I'm praying every day for you. And I just want, I, I'm praying you have a little, 
you know, tie a little baby so I can have a, a brother or a sister. And it just, every time I read her letters, it broke my heart even more. It's, it's a spiritual connection. And he showed me how real and tangible connection is. You see, when, when I was pregnant, I learned this even more because there's a physical connection. <laughs> She's got the bottle in there. Bring, bring it back because i got to use it when you're done. Take the bottle up, but I'll need the backpack. <laughs> Thank you. Hannah's amazing. Thank you, Hannah. So, so as I was pregnant, I realized there's this life inside of me. There's this life that depends on me for nutrition. Not just physical nourishment and nutrition, but spiritual and emotional support. Spiritual and emotional life. Because this little life going inside of me depended on me for everything. And there was, just like there's an umbilical cord that connects me to the baby, I believe there's a spiritual cord of connection in the spirit that connects us to our children and to other people. There is a spiritual umbilical cord that connects us to our children and to other people. You can make a connection with someone and there in the spirit is like an umbilical cord there between you and them. And however open your heart is, is how much nourishment and nutrition and love you can receive and give. It's real. It's tangible. The spirit is real. So the connection is possible with anyone, really, whether they're your biological children, whether they're your adoptive children, whether it's your friend, whether it's a lover in across the other side of the world, there is a spiritual connection that when you open your heart to someone, there's like a cord that develops in the spirit. And you can have healthy soul ties, healthy connections, and unhealthy ones. But I feel like today the Lord wants me to just share about having healthy, deep connections in our relationships and keeping our heart open. And for me, that really... It was a lesson to me throughout my pregnancy, learning how to connect and how to bond with my baby. And so many women, you know, our culture teaches us, you know, a child is not a child until they're born. A baby's not a baby, it's just a fetus. And so we, there's these lies in our culture that we've believed in, even as, as, you know, young mothers, we get scared when we get pregnant, we get afraid, we don't know how to connect, it's just, there's a baby in there, but I don't know about that. I don't know how to do this. I don't know about this. But it's alive, I'm telling you. Even though their brain is not yet formed, their spirit is alive. Their spirit lived with God in heaven before they came to you. My baby girl lived with God. She had a personality. She had a relationship with God. She probably played with the angels. I think she chose us. I think she said, I want those as parents. Or maybe God says, I got the perfect ones for you. But they existed in heaven before they came to us. And so I just chose to love and nurture that. See, connection starts in the womb, and it can last a lifetime. Jesus talked about connection in John 15, 5, where, when he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What is he saying there? He's saying, unless you're connected to me, you won't bear any good fruit. See, we need, we need to be connected to the Godhead in order to produce any good fruit in our life. The connection with the Godhead comes first. There's the vertical connection, 
And then there's also the horizontal connection. And I'm going to focus on the horizontal connection that we have with other people, with our children, with our family, with our friends. But Jesus is an example of how we remain connected to him. He is the vine. We are the branches. We remain in him. So connection is important. He validated how important connection was. Our salvation is dependent on our connection to Jesus. Are we in him or out of him? When we're in him, we have his righteousness. We have his grace. The Father looks at us and sees his son. It's the gift of grace. So everything in the kingdom is based on, are you connected? Are you in Christ? And it's an example that he gave us of how we can connect to our children. You know, as we get pregnant, there is a connection where the, the child is literally physically inside of us. And if they're not inside of us, they die. If they're not inside of us, they, they, don't, they cannot live. So in the womb, the mother is the only thing the baby knows. You are literally his world. If you can imagine a baby in the womb, the mother, her heartbeat, the womb itself, the sensations, the feeling, the touch, the sound, that is the entire world of a baby. You're not just an incubator, mom, for, for, and a life support system for the baby. You're so much more than that. You're a physical life support system, but you're also an emotional life support system. And if you, if a mother withdraws her heart in pregnancy from her child, that baby will feel it immediately and intensely. Because there is a spiritual connection in the womb. This is what the Lord showed me. That it's not just physical, it's not just nutrients, but there's an emotional connection and the baby knows and can feel love. The baby can feel fear. The baby can feel if it's wanted or not wanted. The baby can feel if the mother's heart is connected and drawn to the child and excited about the child or excited about becoming a mother or if, or if they feel like the mother has rejected or scared about being a mom or scared about having a child or if the pregnancy is unwanted or if there's shame. All of those emotions release hormones in the female body and those hormones are passed through the placenta to the baby. So if a mother experiences fear, anxiety, depression, those hormones change her body chemistry and they change the environment of the womb. And so a child can literally be, literally be programmed for anxiety if there was an anxiety and environment of fear in the womb. Life begins in the womb. You can have experiences in the womb that are real and tangible and connection feels it. You see, no matter well, how traumatic an, ex uh, an experience in the womb was for you or your children, no matter whether this child was totally, I, I mean, I shared my testimony yesterday for those of you who were here, how I wasn't wanted. My mom didn't want to have a baby. She was depressed. She was scared. She was confused. And she rejected me in the womb. And I believed the lie in my life that I was unwanted. But what I'm here to tell you is that connection heals wounds. And at any point in your life, you can turn toward your children or you can turn toward God and connect in the spirit to them. You can connect to God and he'll heal the wounds in your heart. You can connect to your children and heal the wounds in their heart. So that, for me, is a huge part of the supernatural childbirth I experienced because I knew I developed a connection with my baby and I knew she was loved and I knew she trusted me. 
And I would talk to her, I would pray over her, I would sing to her. If I got scared or anxious, or if my husband and I got in an argument, and, and I was stressed and fearful, we would stop after and lay hands on my womb and say, baby girl, we are sorry. Mommy and daddy got scared and angry, and we repent to you. Will you forgive your mommy and daddy for being angry and upset? Because she can feel it. They know. When, I, when I'm upset, she feels it. So I just said, will you forgive me for yelling? Will you forgive me for withdrawing my heart? Will you forgive me for my anger or my anxiety? Whatever it is. And I, I break that off of you. I break off fear and insecurity off of you. And I release the peace of God and security over you in the womb. See, we all make mistakes. Every woman, I'm sure, during those nine months at some point gets scared, right? And not only that, we've got hormones going through us, so everything is ten times worse, you know. It's But there's always healing. Jesus will bring healing and give you the tools to heal what happens. And whether that baby is still in the womb, or whether that baby is five days old, or ten years old, or fifty years old, you can pray that same prayer over them, asking their forgiveness for anything that may have happened in the womb. I've, I've helped women pray over their children and said, you know, they've come to me and said, my baby is just screams and cries all the time. I don't know what to do. You know, they they just don't receive love. They have all these health problems, etc., etc., etc. And I said, did anything traumatic happen in the womb? Did you want the pregnancy? Was there any was there fear, anxiety? What was the environment like in your home? Was it violent? Did you want the baby? You know, and I'll just ask a few questions. I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, my husband left me. Or I, I, I'm afraid of being a mom, and, and I rejected her. I said, okay, lay your hands. Ask your, go to your little girl. Ask them to forgive you for being scared, for rejecting them. I'm going to read you this email that someone just sent me like two days ago. She said, I just wanted to encourage you as you were sharing about our babies in our rooms. I knew much of this, but never really asked my daughter's forgiveness for rejecting her in the womb. I only said the prayers, but never talked to her about it. Over the last couple of years, my youngest daughter has shown many signs of rejection, and I was frustrated because we love her so well. And I just and I thought, what else could we do to possibly secure her in our love? I said all the right prayers. I was really frustrated, and it turned into resentment at times because it seemed like nothing I did was ever enough. So obviously, I had to deal with that in my own heart. But your story revealed and reminded to me the time that when she, uh, so she remembered a time when the baby was in the womb. And the Holy Spirit will reveal specific times. Don't overanalyze it in the natural and beat yourself up. Because it's, it's, there are specific moments that Holy Spirit will reveal to you to pray over. Okay? So it has to be spirit-led. Um, there was a specific time that God revealed to me in the womb when my husband and I were not on very good terms. And I thought, a thought came to her mind, how terrible would it be to bring another baby into this fighting? Well... As I shared this, asking her for forgiveness and being careful with my choice of words. So she spoke to her child, and she used kid talk. We don't need to get complicated. But she asked her daughter's forgiveness, and her daughter broke down crying. At first, she didn't necessarily really want much comfort or hugs, but with a little time later, she's back to being my carefree, happy, giggly girl who brings joy to so many. She loves cuddling with me again, and she's telling me she loves me all the time. Do you see how huge this is? Thank you so much. I was becoming brokenhearted because she seemed to be rejecting me as her mom, and at the same time, she was rejecting herself. 
I wanted so badly to see her free, just being a child, enjoying life over the last year and a half or so. She just didn't seem to be herself, but God is so good. So I want to give you that testimony to encourage you that God heals these wounds and that no matter how traumatic a pregnancy is, no matter how abandoned a child may feel or wounded, that as we as parents can come in, and you may not even be the biological parent to this child. You may be used, God may use you to heal a wound as a mother or a father or as an adoptive mother or father because connection heals wounds. How many of you know the orphan spirit causes you to close your heart? When we get hurt, we close our hearts, and that creates an orphan spirit in our life where we reject mothering and we reject fathering. Why? Because they hurt us. But there's something that happens when we close that gap and we bring connection and we open our heart to love. So the connection for me was so important with my daughter. Not only was connection important, but I had to believe that my body was created for childbirth. I, I heard about supernatural childbirth years ago, and I thought, whoa, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> Just being honest, because our culture teaches us birth is scary. It hurts like crazy, and it's traumatic. That's what we, you know, as women are bombarded with in the society. And we see movies of screaming moms, you know, in the labor and delivery room. Ah! And they're yelling at their husbands, you did this to me. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that seems scary. And I'm telling you, I'm kind of a wuss. Like, I really don't have a high pain tolerance. And some of you may be thinking, well, maybe you're just really good at handling pain. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm a total wuss. I've never had a broken bone. I've never been hospitalized. Pain freaks me out. So if you're like, well, you know, you're just really good at pain. No. <laughs> In fact, I think it was my fear that caused me to research this so much because I really didn't want that to experience that pain. <laughs> so I dove in, and I looked up every book I could find, every story I could find of supernatural, pain-free childbirth, joyful childbirth. And I got my hands dirty. And let me tell you, for every 99 stories of, you know, horrible childbirth, there's like one good one. And you got to weed through all the junk <laughs> to find the good ones. But it's worth it. And I'm looking forward to the day when the good ones are the 99%. Because that's the way God designed it. You see, God did not design your body defective, women. He created your body, and God is a brilliant architect. He is brilliant. He is the most intelligent being ever to exist. And he did not create your body defective. He did not create your body to suffer and be in pain and torment and childbirth. So I just thought, you know what, God? I've never done this before, but here I am, I'm pregnant. You're going to have to show me how this works. But I trust you, and I trust the way you created my body. I trust that you knew what you were doing. And some of us have rejected our own bodies. We've rejected the way God made us. We've rejected our femininity. We've rejected that we can be carers of life, and we haven't tapped into our own female essence. And for me, I actually had to struggle. There was a process I went through to get pregnant. And some of you may be here, and you may be struggling to get pregnant. And so I'll share just a moment that he had to heal wounds in my heart before I could even conceive. I had to get healthy physically. I had to get healthy spiritually. Because you are a three-part being. And you can't just be healthy in one area and unhealthy in another and expect everything to work right. I had wounds in my heart towards my mom 
see, the thing with the, the female organs is that they represent your femininity. In the, they are the physical representation of your womanhood. And if you reject your womanhood, your female organs are going to be weak. Your female organs are going to be hurt. And they're not going to be thriving. And so I knew that they, they, were, they were injured. They, were, they weren't at full capacity. You know, I went to you know, a doctor and he said, you know, they're not functioning very well. They're at like 20 or 30%. And I'm like, well, that's not good. And I just want to speak over you that if you've had doctors declare over you, you can't get pregnant, you know, your whatever is wrong, you don't have enough eggs, you don't have regular periods, you have really painful periods, uh, you have extreme cramping. If there is any area of fear or like health problems in this area, I'm here to tell you that your female body parts can be healed and can recover. And a sentence from a doctor that says you can't get pregnant is not the final word. Your uterus, your fallopian tubes, your ovaries will recover and get healed when they are loved and embraced and cherished by you, when you embrace your femininity. They recover, just like any other organ in the body. You, if your liver's weak and you do a liver cleanse and you detox it, your liver will pop back to life. Your body is amazing and it heals itself. So don't accept a word that says you are defective, you're broken, your female parts don't work, you'll never get pregnant. That's a lie from the enemy. Okay, I wanted to deal with that. That's important. So what I had to do was I had rejected my femininity through my mother because I was hurt. I felt rejected. She rejected me, and I didn't feel safe, so I put up walls. And we get our femininity from our moms. They show us, they exemplify who a woman is. And not because I had rejected her, I rejected a part of me. Now, another way this can manifest is if there's a, a disconnection between you and your father. Let's say your father wanted a boy and got a girl. And let's say he made you feel ashamed of being a girl. Or in, and it maybe you just overheard a conversation that, you know, your dad really wanted a girl. And so you then reject the fact that you're a female and you try to become a boy or you're a tomboy or whatever. And you never embrace the fact that you're a woman. That's another way that you can reject your femininity and that your female organs can, you know, be hurt. So right now what I want to do, there, this can happen in a lot of different ways. And, and to each person, it's unique and individual. But if you've struggled in this area, in any area, with um, conception, with periods, with hormone imbalances, maybe you're in menopause and you, you don't want all those hot flashes. I want us, I'm going to pray over your bodies right now. And I want you to lay your hands on your womb. Because this is a blessing I'm going to release, and you can all receive it. Men in the room, just like, Bless the women next to you. Just put your hands on their shoulder. Women, just put your hands on your womb right now and repeat after me. Body, I repent for rejecting you. I ask you to forgive me. I receive you back, uterus, <laughs> fallopian tubes, ovaries, and I embrace you as part of my womanhood. I break off rejection over you. And I forgive those in my life who made me feel ashamed of being a woman who taught me to reject my femininity. And I receive back my womanhood 
I speak life to my womb. <laughs> I break off fear and rejection over my body. And I release you, body, to be all that you were created to be. In Jesus' name. <laughs> now you're gonna, some of you are going to see an immediate improvement. You're going to have your hormones regulate. I've had many women come up to me and tell me that they've had extreme painful periods that then changed after praying this because sometimes it's a matter of simply taking authority in the spirit and, and believing you don't have to experience pain. You don't have to have torment in this area. And so I'm just believing for healing, whether it's healing, you know, on a grand scale that you're believing to get pregnant, whether it's healing just because you, you've got irregular periods and stuff is going on. When you receive back your womanhood and you bless your body, your body receives it and heals. <laughs> you know, some of us have a love-hate relationship with our bodies. Some of us, you know, that period comes along and we're like, oh, dang it, I hate being a woman. <laughs> Don't do that. Love your body. Love who God made you to be. You know how amazing the uterus is? I'm going to make all the mental uncomfortable right now for a minute, so just bear with me. <laughs> I love birth. This is my passion. Did you know the uterus is the size of a pear? It's a sack of muscles, and that that muscle, this, it's an organ, that that muscle will change from the size of a pear to the size of a watermelon in birth, and then shrink back down again? A famous midwife once said that the uterus is the most miraculous organ of the body, with all the things it can do. She said, if men had one, they would surely brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so proud to be a woman. <laughs> Men don't have any organ that can do that. <laughs> they should be jealous. <laughs> and then you can bless your woman in their feminine. You can bless all of, all of who they are. <laughs> so uh, part of my pregnancy, my journey becoming being pregnant was, you know, obviously there was a struggle to get pregnant. And every month, you know, I'm like, oh. I'm not pregnant again, and I'm, I'm just discouraged, and I'm jealous of all the other women who are getting pregnant. And then it happened, you know, and I knew I was on a journey. I knew God was showing me, because he gives you answers to every problem on earth. If you're stuck, and you're like, why is this happening to me? It's not on God's end, but he will give you solutions. He taught me about forgiving my mom, opening my heart to my mom. He taught me about receiving and embracing my femininity. And I'm telling you, my, I know my organs are covered. I know. I got to a healthy place. I had to start eating better. I had to start exercising. Sometimes it's practical stuff. God is practical too. And so when it came, here I am. Okay, I'm. we got pregnant. Yay, praise God. There's like this honeymoon phase. You're so excited. And then, you know, I'm like, this is on a first-time mom, and I'm scared of birth, right? You know, it's nine months off. I don't have to think about it right now. But I had to overcome a lot of fear. I had overcome fear of pain. And every one of us in life, whether you're a man or a woman, you carry on experiences in your life. And those experiences are kind of like a backpack. So as a woman who was pregnant, I had this backpack that I carried around through life. And these are experiences that were my experiences. These are experiences of expectations I had. Maybe I watched a movie and saw a bunch of horrible childbirth. Maybe I listened to stories that my mom or my friends gave me about horrible back labor and how it was unbearable pain. You know, some women are afraid of, like, 
actually delivering a baby up through their vagina. Like, I can't imagine that that's possible. So you've all got experiences that you carry around with you. And then you carry these things too. Maybe it's expectations in your job or fear or I, I just expect to fail in life because that's what I know. That's what my father did. That's what my father taught me. We all have experiences and we have to face those and look them in the eye. So I realized what I was carrying. Because when you're in birth, let me tell you women, everything inside of you comes out. And if you don't deal with those things before birth, you're going to deal with them in labor. And it's going to be a lot harder. So I was like, you know what? i got to deal with these. I'm going to take this backpack of fear that I have, and I'm going to open it up. And I'm going to analyze and look it in the eye. So what do I have here? This is my diaper bag, okay? This is my baby's little girl clothes. <laughs> but for the point of the illustration, this is my mom's childbirth with me. Back labor, horrible, intense, long labor. So I had to stare at this and look it in the face and say, I'm not afraid of you. I love my baby. I'm connected to my baby. My baby trusts me, and my experience is not my mom's experience. So I take this out of my bag, and I lay it down. And I take out an experience my friend told me of unbearable pain that she had, and I lay that down. And I take out an experience of movies and drama and oh, horrible fatigue and long labors, and I take that and I lay it down. And then what do you have? You have an empty backpack. You can't walk around with an empty backpack. The only way to take stuff out and let it stay out is you got to fill it with good things. Right? There's a verse for this. Whew. It says meditate on good things. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there be any excellence, if there be anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. So what did I do? I began to meditate on positive birth stories. I began to hunt for them and dig for them because they're not evident in this culture. So I would go on Birth Without Fear blog, Facebook. I would go and read books of childbirth, of positive stories, of short labors, of pain-free labors. And I would underline, and I would highlight, and I would take them in the sphere, and I would put them in my backpack and say, I claim that short labor. I claim that pain-free labor where she was thankful and trusted her body. And I claim that joyful labor that this woman had that I heard about. And I would, I would gather them. Right? Shalise talked about the, the woman, the psychologist, who, who did studies in the mind. And the first step to renewing the mind is gathering information. So I would gather information. I would gather information and build my faith up for supernatural childbirth. You can't just, like, pray the prayers and believe the promises and then not have any tools in your bag. You can't just pray the prayers, say, okay, I did it, check it off the list, but have fear in your heart. You can't just pray the prayers and not be connected in spirit with your child. There's steps that God showed me that I had to do in order to get what I was really praying for. And so I would, I would put it in there, I'd seal it up tight, and I'd carry it with me. So then what happens? I have good things in my bag, and whoop, I, I come up against someone, and they're like, oh, man, you're pregnant? Wait till the end. You're going to feel horrible. Sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't want to feel horrible. Oh, man, wait, labor is so hard. Oh, I shouldn't tell you this. I won't tell you this. I won't make you scared. But here, let me tell you anyway. <laughs> Here's my horrible story of a childbirth, and mine was the worst. And then we compete with each other, right, women? Mine was, my labor was worse than your labor. <laughs> How terrible. I don't want your story. I got my own stories. I'm going to keep these good ones. So I built a filter. Okay, this is what I did. 
I built a filter and I said, uh-uh, that's not for me. That's yours? You can have it back. That sucks for you. This is what I said in my mind. I'm just being real honest. Someone would tell me this awful story and I'd be like, that sucks for you. <laughs> but that's not for me. <laughs> you can keep it. And I did. I honestly felt bad for them, but I, I didn't pick it up. I didn't pick it up and put it in my bag. I said, that's your story. That's not my story. I claim these things. I claim good stories. And so I had to develop a really good filter, a really tight, solid filter, because you are bombarded, women, in this culture of negative childbirth stories. I mean, all you have to do is pick up a book about childbirth, and it will tell you 150 things that you should expect during this beautiful season of your life that are horrible. Here's a, a quick example. <laughs> You're going to have hemorrhoids. You're going to have constipation. You're going to have diarrhea. You're going to have bloating and cramping. You're going to have restless leg syndrome. You're going to have nausea, heartburn, reflux, rashes, pretty much any disease under the sun. You know, we read these books. They're supposed to help us, and then they just put a bunch of fear in our hearts and give us negative things to expect. And I finally was like, you know, I'm done. Nope, I'm not going to read them. I threw them out. <laughs> Don't read those books. If it is fear-inducing, do not read it and do not accept it and do not agree with it. So I threw it out. And let me tell you, there's power in what you read and what you agree with. I remember flipping through the pages of one of these so-called books, and it, there was one paragraph in there about restless leg syndrome, and I thought, well, that, that's that weird thing that they have on the commercials. And I'm like, oh, what's that about? Just out of sheer curiosity, I read the little paragraph. It's when you get like tinglies and your leg falls asleep, right? So I read it, and I was like, okay, sucks for them, not for me, turn the page. <laughs> I rejected it, right? I had a pretty good filter set up by now. And so I put the book down, I go to sleep. Half an hour later, I feel this tingling sensation crawl up my leg. I'm like, what's that? Is that my cat? No. It's right here. What? Wait a minute. It's like an ant crawling in my leg. And that's what you see on the commercials, like little ants crawling in the leg. And I said, I know who you are. I, ca I cannot believe you would try that on me, Satan. Uh -uh. No, that is just a cheap shot. You get out of here. I do not receive you. I rebuke you. I knew it was a spirit. It was like so blatant and obvious. I had rejected it, but it was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm going to jump on her and see if she takes the bait. And I didn't. I was like, I cannot even believe your audacity. I cannot believe, demon, that you would try that on me. You get out of this room. You get out of my body. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. I do not receive you. Right? But what could I have done? <gasps> it's restless leg syndrome. I have it. <laughs> I have another symptom of pregnancy. Oh, woe is me. And then I go out and get the meds, and I'm a victim of my condition, which is not a condition. You're carrying life. You're blessed. But what could I have done? I could have accepted it as fear and truth. But it's not truth. It's a lie. So you don't have to accept every bad apple that gets thrown at you. Now, this is for the men, too. Life throws us some bad apples. Whew, we don't have to accept them. We don't have to take them and put them in our bag. There is a lot of stuff in this world that's not good. And you might be facing things in your pregnancy. You may have some diagnoses that are, do not line up with heaven. But I'm here to tell you, don't accept it. God has a breakthrough for you. God has a solution for you. God has truth for you. And your body was designed to carry life. Women, your bodies are meticulously, miraculously made. And your body knows what to do. It opens up, it expands, 
it shifts, it moves, all the hormones play in perfect synchronicity to cause things to happen, to cause your belly to expand, your muscles to expand, your hips to expand. It is amazing. And the more study I did, the more in awe I became of what my body was capable of. It's fascinating. Let me just share a few points with you. Did you know that oxytocin is a hormone released in pregnancy and especially in birth? In fact, oxytocin is the love hormone. It's the bonding hormone. Oxytocin is the hormone you get when you fall in love. Remember, I'm talking about connection. When you fall in love with your spouse for the first time or you're like head over heels in love, you have a surge of oxytocin going through your body. It causes your heart to open up and go, oh, all I can think about is this person and how sexy they are. I just want to be with them. <laughs> That's oxytocin. It's a hormone. It's also the hormone that you have in labor. Now, oxytocin, you get, uh, women, you get the highest surge of oxytocin in your body immediately before birth than at any other point in your life. And men, I apologize, you will never experience this high. It's a reality. Women, we get this incredible surge of oxytocin scientifically before birth. And that surge causes you to bond with your baby immediately. It's that like wash of love and emotion and joy that comes after a vaginal delivery because God knew this little baby depends on you for survival. And I'm going to make the woman's body release this bonding hormone so that all she can do is stare into the eyes of that baby and love that baby and feed that baby even when she's exhausted and waking up at 3 in the morning. He designed you scientifically to bond with that baby. And men will never get this high. You won't get it by drugs. You, you know, you can get some of it by having sex. It's the same hormone that you get with orgasm, but you'll never get to experience what we women get. You don't get to give birth. We get to give birth. How's that for a paradigm shift? How's that for a paradigm shift? Renew your mind, women. You get to experience this joy. And the joy I experienced in my childbirth was a greater high than I can ever, ever imagine that I've ever experienced. And I thought, I cannot, if this is like what getting high is like, this is way better than any drug any man has ever created. It was sheer euphoric joy. And in one, at one point in labor, I remember saying, I'm, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, I'm so happy because of all the adrenaline, all not adrenaline, oxytocin and endorphins going through my body. So why doesn't this happen for every woman? Why doesn't every woman get a high? Because we get scared. We get afraid of the contractions. We get afraid of what our bodies do. We disconnect from our body, and we experience fear. And what fear does is it releases adrenaline in your body. Adrenaline blocks the release of oxytocin. Adrenaline is your fight-or-flight hormone. Adrenaline was created by God for emergencies. When you're in danger, when that car almost hits you, you're awake, you're alert, your peripheral vision goes, and you focus. And every, every part of your body that is not designed for survival will shut down. That includes your reproductive system. That includes your digestive system. If you're under chronic stress or fear or anxiety, you're going to have issues because your organs will shut down because they're trying to get you to safety. They're in fight or flight mode. So adrenaline blocks oxytocin. Another thing oxytocin does is that it blocks pain receptors. If you are at peace, if you are happy, you'll have oxytocin in your body, ladies, during labor. And you won't feel pain because oxytocin blocks pain receptors. But if you get afraid, adrenaline kicks in and you'll feel everything that's going on down there. So what's the key? It's taking control of your thoughts. 
it's staying at peace, it's staying at rest. So you have to deal with all those fears in your backpack. You have to be like, you know, this. I mean, I just got to the point where I said, I trust my body. I've never given birth before. This is my first baby. I haven't a clue what to do, but I trust that God knew what he was doing when he designed my body, and I trust my body, and that it knows what to do. And did you know the adrenaline, I'm sorry, not adrenaline, the endorphins you get in labor are 50 times more powerful than morphine? God is brilliant. He did not create you defective. He did not create you to have pain. Now, there was a curse put on women in the garden, but Jesus came to break every curse. Amen. He came and broke every curse. And why do we women say, oh, Jesus broke a curse. We don't have to have pain. We, he took stripes for our healing, and he healed all our diseases. And we can claim healing in the new covenant, and we can claim healing from all our diseases and all our sickness and all our pain except childbirth. You know, we still got to go through that pain, right? No. I'm like, why is it we can claim everything else but this? No. I just, I'm crazy enough to believe I don't have to have pain. So I would research it, research it, research it, and I began to remove fear from my heart. I began to remove fear of what my body was doing. I fell in love with my baby. I fell in love with my body. I remember looking in the mirror and going, wow, look at this giant belly. It's so big. It's so full of life. There's so much life here. I didn't go, oh, I'm so fat, I'm so ugly, I'm all swollen, I hate this. Your baby feels that. When you direct all that resentment towards how big you are, what do you think your baby's going to feel? Come on, ladies. Love your body. Love who God made you to be. Love that beautiful, swollen belly that carries life because you were designed to conceive life. You were designed to carry life. And you were designed to bring forth life. And your body knows what to do. And as you remove shame and fear and bitterness from your life, your body will heal itself. Did you know, I just read this article, that in pregnancy, the stem cells from a, a baby in the, in the placenta, there's stem cells in the, in the placenta, that women with heart problems, heart defects, actually get healed because the baby releases stem cells into their body that heals heart conditions. Wow. I think we don't know the half of the miracle that pregnancy and childbirth is, and the miracle that God created it to be. I believe that supernatural childbirth is really natural childbirth the way God designed it. The proverb says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And that there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. I, this really was true in my pregnancy. That there's, everyone wanted to tell me how to give birth, how to do it, how to be pregnant. You got, you're going to expect fear. You're going to expect all these things to go wrong. And then you come to the hospital and you're going to sit in a bed and you're going to act like you're sick. And we're going to hook up all these cords to you. And you know, you just sit there and then you don't know what you're doing and then you push and you have, we'll tell you what to do. We'll tell you when to push. You don't have to be told when to push. Your body will tell you when to push. <laughs> and you know what? You don't even have to push. Your body will labor the baby down. Isn't that amazing? I didn't even push. I read that somewhere and I was like, that is crazy. All right, I'll try it, God. And so I didn't push. I didn't try to push. My body labored her down naturally and it got to the point where my contractions were so strong that it hurt not to push. And so I pushed a little bit. I'm like, okay, I am the passenger. My body is the driver. Ladies, you need to trust your body. Connect with your body. Listen to your body. If your body is screaming at you to do something, you do it. Just go 
goes for everybody. If your body is screaming at you, you need to rest. I'm exhausted. You're pushing me too hard. Take a nap. Take a day off work. If your body's stop screaming at you, I can't handle another one of those cheesy puffs. Don't go through that drive-thru. I will rebel against you. <laughs> Listen to your body. Connect to your body. Be aware and sensitive to the clues that your body is giving you. So I listened to my body. This is what happened in my labor. Here's the, here's, I'm going to give you the, the, ver the Cliff Notes version. So the first night it happened, I, got, I started feeling contractions. They started becoming slightly regular, and I got way freaked out. And I was like, oh my god, it's happening. OK, I don't know what to do. I forgot everything I learned in childbirth class. What do I do? I freaked out. I'm being totally honest with you. And, and what happened? The labor stopped. Probably because adrenaline kicked in. And adrenaline will stall labor. That's what happens. If you get stuck in labor, you're probably anxious and scared. So my labor stopped. And I'm like, did I break it? What happened? Did I do something wrong? And the Lord spoke to me and said, that was a test run. You failed miserably. <laughs> but it's OK. I'll give you a retest. <laughs> I kind of felt like that's what he was showing me. So the next night, they started again. And I was like, OK, I can do this. I'm calm. I receive it. I embrace it. I, I accept what's happening in my body. And the, they started at night, and the contractions got closer and closer together. And I remember in the middle of the night, they started getting really painful. And I remember trying to get away from the pain, trying to find a position in bed that would not hurt. And I remember saying to God, Daddy, this isn't working for me. You and I have to talk because this is not what I planned on. And this is just me being blunt and honest. This is my relationship with Daddy God. And I said, you've got to tell me what to do, because this ain't working for me. And I know I'm still in early labor, and if it hurts this bad now, I'm not going to be able to handle 10 centimeters. So tell me what to do right now. It was like emergency 911, tell me what to do. And what I heard him say was, embrace the contractions. Embrace the contractions? What? Why would I embrace what's hurting me? OK, fine. I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'll try it. I'll try anything right now. So the next contraction came. And it swelled, and it grew in intensity. And I didn't resist it, and I didn't cringe, and I didn't get afraid. I embraced the contraction as my whole body tightened. And I let, it, my, I let my body absorb the energy. I let it wash over me like a wave. And it built, and it grew, and then it descended and rolled over me. And you know what, ladies? It didn't hurt. I was like, wow, it worked. And if you want to know, <laughs> I got, I'm like, OK. I can do this. The next one came. Same thing. It didn't hurt. No pain. Now, I'm not saying I didn't feel intense contraction and tightening. I'm not saying I didn't feel anything in labor, but I didn't feel pain and contractions. It worked. So I embraced it. I was thankful for it. I said, thank you, God, for these contractions. At another point in my pregnancy, I even said, when I was really hormonal and emotional, and I was like ready to break down crying, and I was like, God, I don't want to do this again. I'm like eight months pregnant. I, these hormones are crazy. And I just said, you know what? I thank you, God, for the hormones that are sustaining my pregnancy. Thankfulness is a key, ladies. Thank you for the hormones that are sustaining my pregnancy. And you know what? The emotion, not there. It went away. That breakdown I was about to feel immediately left because I thanked him for what my body was created to do. I didn't resist it. And so the contractions were building, and I had to focus intensely on every muscle in my body. And if I got afraid or tightened anything, it would hurt. And I intensely focused on it all night long. And then I got up in the morning, and I remember standing and being like, OK, this feels different. 
I don't know what to do. But I got into the rhythm again. And at one point, there's this thing that just clicked. And I felt like I clicked, I got on the path, and then I just went. And I didn't have to focus on it. I didn't have to think about it. It didn't hurt. So if, you want, if you're trying to figure out what does this feel like, just flex your muscle like this. Flex your arm. Right here, what you're doing is a contraction. You're contracting muscles. Do you feel pain right now? No. Is it a little uncomfortable? Yeah. You're not going to want to hold this for, you know, 24 hours. That's why the body contracts, pulls up, and lets down. Pulls up, and lets down. The uterus pulls up and, and closes. Because it's giving your cervix time to stretch. Your cervix is a muscle. It's a really, really strong muscle. Because it has to hold that baby up for nine months. If you can imagine this feeling right here, this contraction times about 50 in intensity, that's what I felt in my room. Really, really intense, really, really tight, but not painful. Because pain, to me, is an indicator something is wrong. And so I trusted my body. I let go. I, I just let it happen. My midwife and doulas came over, and they're like, I think she's just coping really well. Because her contractions are like two minutes apart. But she doesn't seem like she's in pain. And I'm like, no, I'm really not in pain. Is this really happening? So I'll just fast forward. It got to the end, and I, at one point, I remember thinking, when I realized I'm really in real labor, it's not going to get like much worse than this. This is it. This is intense second stage labor, and I realized it's working. Because I kept thinking, oh, you know, it's going to get worse, and I'm going to have pain. It's working now, but maybe not later. When I really, when I finally realized this is it, it's working, I said, oh my God, it's working. I'm having, I'm, I'm doing it. It's working, and I got so happy, and I remember. I think it released a surge of endorphins in my body because when you agree with truth and joy, your body responds and releases good hormones. Your hormones are regulated by your mind. Your mind is regulated by your thoughts and what you choose. So you can literally trick your body into recovering and healing and being joyful and healthy and thriving just by how you think. And I thought, wow, it's working, and I got so happy. In fact, in my head I'm thinking, I'm having fun. And then I'm like, that's crazy. My, my, the other side of my brain is like, you're crazy. You're in labor. You can't have fun. You can't say that out loud. They're going to think you're crazy. But I'm like, no, no, I'm really I'm having fun. I'm so happy. It was like a high. It was like the best high I've ever experienced. And I'm so sorry, man. You don't get to have this experience. It's tragic. <laughs> but I experienced this. And I remember saying out loud, I'm having fun. And the doula looked at me and my husband looked at me like, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, it works. I'm so happy. But let me tell you, there were opportunities where I could have chosen not to experience joy. There was an opportunity where I could have felt abandoned when everyone was in the kitchen getting a bite to eat, and my husband wasn't there. He was there for like six hours, but then he had to get something to eat. And I'm like, they all left me. And I could have gone down that route. Oh, they all left me. I'm alone. But I said, no, I have a deal here. My body knows what to do. I'm going to reject that thought and choose this thought instead. You're going to have that, ladies. You're going to hit a wall. And you're going to think, I can't do this. This is way more than I can handle. I need the pain reliever. Give me the epidural. And at that moment where you feel like you can't handle it anymore, right over that threshold, that baby's about to be born. Right when you feel like you can't do this anymore, let me tell you, she is right, he or he is right there. When the pushing phase came and my body was like gearing up and it's like one contraction over the other, I remember thinking, this, this is hard. This kind of hurts because it got so intense, my body had to bear down. But I didn't go, okay, this part's painful. I was like, no, this is just really hard, but I know I'm at the end. I didn't disconnect from my body. 
See, some ladies get so scared at how intense this experience is and how overwhelming it is that they disconnect and they go, I can't do this. And you pull out of that zone that you're in and you reject the process, you reject the birth, you reject the contractions and you say, no, I can't do it. And you try to reach outside yourself for comfort and relief, but you can't reach outside yourself. You have to go inward because inward is where the power is. So I'm saying at the end, when she came out, I felt the burning, that part was painful, but it was just a moment. And then she was out, they put her on my belly, and it was like love at first sight all over again. It was like, wow, I did it. She was born in the water, and, and she came out, and I remember screaming, and I got loud. It's okay, you can get loud. I'm like, ah! It's all right. My doula was like, you had the most beautiful primal noises. And I was like, gosh. <laughs> I was like, good, because I was a little embarrassed. But she got so happy every time. I got loud. She's like, wow, good job. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing it right. I don't know what I'm doing. So, but I'm telling you, the, the environment you're in, the encouragement you have will make all the difference in the world. And I just said, I surrender to my body. I let go. I release all control. And whatever my body does, I'm going to follow it. They told me at one point, you know, you can push, even though it's not a contraction, because her head was out, but her body wasn't. And I had a water birth, and she was underwater. So I tried to push, and it hurt. Like, Come on, like, hell. And I was like, oh, my body says no. Nope, 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 it says no. And they're like, okay. So I pushed when my body said to push. You'll feel it and you'll know it. But you need to stay connected to your body. Whew. So they put the, the baby on my belly, and I know I'm going over, but I just, <laughs> it's so much, it's so awesome. It was the most intense experience of my life, the hardest experience of my life, but it was also the most joy and most euphoric and fulfilling experience I ever had. And when that baby is there, your body immediately forgets all the pain because of those hormones in your body. And you fall in love all over again. And you get to look into the eyes of that child. One of the things that we had in our birth plan when our midwife said, you know, imagine your dream birth. Just your ideal dream birth. How long is it? What happens? What do you do? Where do you go? We're like, you know, we had a home birth. And even that is a whole other story, how we shifted from hospital to home, I'm not going to go into. But, you know, I said, when the baby's born, let's have deer in our backyard. That, wouldn't that be awesome? Because we live by the woods and there's deer that come through all the time. And everything in the birth, as it was happening and progressing, happened so beautifully. My husband said, you know, we'll wake up in the morning, the labor will start around four in the afternoon, she'll be born at one point in labor. I, this is like our dream plan, right? Like... Just imagine, at one point in labor, I'm near pushing, and, and this urge comes over me to ask, what time is it? And I say, what time is it? And, and someone says, it's 4 o'clock. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, it was like the Lord saying, you are right where you're supposed to be. And she was born within that hour. It was awesome. So then she's born, and I'm like, everything that happened, happened. And I did it, and I can't believe I did it. And, and then I'm like, wait a minute, where are the deer? <laughs> where are the deer God <laughs> let me tell you an hour and a half later seven deer walked through our backyard I was like I knew it I knew, look at the deer the doulas are like whoa I mean one of them I don't even think was Christian she's like I, I swear I saw them nursing <laughs> she's like I swear there were babies and they were nursing the babies and it was like a celebration of life <laughs> it was awesome what's your dream birth Write it out. Meditate on it. Focus on it. What do you want in this birth? Because you can have it, ladies. You can connect to your children. And, and there's an umbilical cord. I believe, I'm just going to wrap up. 
you can do it. Just believe you can do it. And also believe you can connect to people. I believe that God is healing connections that have been broken this morning. He is healing connections with family members, with, with friends or relatives, and especially family and children. God is healing connections. And where that umbilical cord has been severed too early and cut, God is stitching it together. And he is asking and challenging you, will you open your heart and connect? Where there has been a disconnection and there has been pain and wounding, God is asking you to connect. Whoa, will you open your heart to love? It is scary. But will you choose love or will you choose fear? Will you love them even when they hate you? Will you love them even when they reject you? There's a connection here, and it's a picture in the birth of what happens, but there's a spiritual connection where God is saying, you know, childbirth is just a manifestation of what happens in the natural, in our relationships, and how connected and in love and how sacrificial we can be as mommies. You give everything to this child. Everything. They depend on you for survival, and God is healing broken connections this morning. He's healing wounds that occurred in the womb. And he's healing wounds that occurred in friendships. And he's healing words that were spoken in, in relationships that hurt and cut deep and caused you to disconnect. And he's asking you, will you forgive? Will you, will you let go of your judgment towards them? And will you open your heart to love? Just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And just release the anointing for the family of God right now because I love family. Family is my heart. I love ministry, but family is my heart. And I want to release an anointing for healthy families in this place, healthy families in church, healthy families in your homes. I have a vision for what my family will look like. I want kids. I want love. I want warmth. I want people to walk in my home and feel the love of God when they enter my home. What is your vision for your family? What is your vision for this church? Because this church is a family. Well, you're called to be mommies and daddies. And I release an anointing right now for family, for open hearts, for connection, for, for the anointing that breaks down walls of offense now. And Jesus saying, just begin to pray over the person next to you and open your heart to the people around you and surrounding you that you are connected with physically but also in the spirit. Just open your heart to their heart. Open your heart to connection. Open your heart to God and let him fill your heart with love. And any place that it still has fear in it, fear of pain, fear of abandonment, fear of getting hurt again, reject those thoughts and choose love. Because he's here. And he's going to heal you. And he's going to make up for any area where there was pain. He's going to heal it. Do you trust him? Do you trust him to meet your needs when the people around you don't? Come on, church. Let's be the body of Christ. Let's keep our love on. So I just release that family anointing right now. Just begin to pray in tongues. Just connect, 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 because this love is building and growing in our hearts. And just put your hand on your heart right now. Just say, God, I repent for choosing fear. I repent for choosing fear over love and disconnecting. And I speak to my heart right now, and I say, open up. Open up to love. I choose love. I choose love in this situation. Ask God, what situation, what relationship? I dare you. I dare you to ask him, what relationship do you want me to open my heart in? Just ask him right now, what relationship is he asking you to open your heart in and connect with them, extend that umbilical cord of connection to that person, reach out to them in love. 
and just begin to release love over them. Whoa, choose love over fear. Repent for judging them. Forgive them for how they hurt you. Whoa, he's showing you right now relationships. I know he is. You can open your heart in the spirit. And I, I would not be surprised if that person called you up tomorrow or an hour after this because in the spirit the connection was released. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, God, for restoring relationships with our dads and our moms. Thank you for restoring our family relationships. And I just release you, and I bless you guys. I bless you guys to live in the fullness of the love of God. Amen. Be released.